Everything's off limits with this duo. It's father and daughter, Don and Cher. And join the club if you're a chatter mouth. Hey everyone, it's Cher and Dawn. And welcome back to the Chatter Mouth Podcast. Yes. How's it going? <laughs> um, so I'm super excited. I want to jump right in. Today we're going to be talking all about exiles. So I can't believe that, that was like 15 years ago. Was it? Ago. I think it was even long. Oh, maybe it was 15. It was. Yeah, it was like 18 when that happened. Okay, before we get into what, like, we need to tell you what this is. So what is Exiled for those who are new here um, or those who don't know? I know a lot of you do because this is one of the most requested episodes. Um, so what's Exiled? I was on MTV's My Super Sweet 16 when I was younger. I feel like every time I say that, I get a little bit embarrassed when I say that because I feel Why? like, you know, I've come such a long way since then. I don't know. It's funny that when you're 16 years old, something that you did when you're 16 still shapes you and still impacts you when you're literally 31 years old. So it's crazy. It's um, weird because it feels like it happened yesterday. Like time really? just goes oh, so it feels fast. like a long time ago to me. <laughs> but, anyway, really, so. um, but it, that's so funny. Um, but anyways, yeah. So I was on MT Science Super Sweet 16. And then afterwards, they picked a few people from the show to be exiled to different countries and different areas. And you'd have your own episode. So basically, I was exiled to live in the jungles of Panama um, with a tribe that I've never met that doesn't speak any English. It was a crazy experience, one of the most life-changing experiences. And today I want to jump right in and talk about it, tell you all the behind the scenes, what happened, what really went down. We are about to tell all. You ready for it? Okay. (laughs) Let's do this. (laughs) Well, first of all, I'll never forget the phone call I received from the producers for Exile. They called me up and asked me if I was willing to have you share, go to a country that was really underdeveloped Mm -hmm. and live there for a full week and get the experience of how to live with this tribe and live in huts that didn't speak any English. And I was like a little hesitant at the time because I was worried about you. I wouldn't be able to uh, communicate with you only through the producers. So I was nervous about that. Like, what happens if you really hate it there? You still have to suck it up and do it for the full week. Also, it was really so hot when you went there. It was the the heat of the summer, which it was even hotter there than Florida. So Mm -hmm. the weather was so hot. And I was nervous because of the language barrier. They didn't know any English. And you were never very good with Spanish. So Mm -hmm. I was saying, how are you going to be able to communicate with them? But then on the other hand, I said, what a wonderful experience this could be for you. You can grow and learn because the next year you're going to be going off to college and you're going to be independent and living on your own. So this was the beginning of living on your own and experiencing the world. So I said, how could I not give you this opportunity? But I wasn't allowed to tell you about it and give you the choice. I had to make that decision. And then when you came home from your friends, I had to tell you 
because I had to sign the papers that you were going off to Panama, the jungles of Panama. But I think you forgot to tell them. You didn't know at the time when they first told you about this, right? You had told me that you didn't know if I was going to go into heat, somewhere really hot or somewhere really cold, right? Weren't they interviewing you and like asking you questions of what I like, what I don't like? That's very true. They did ask that. And I didn't know until the day of when you were coming home where it was going to be. And then I heard it was the jungles of Panama. Thank goodness. I would have like, I don't know what I would have do if it was going to be really cold because I do not do well in cold weather at all. No, who does? You know? <laughs> no, some people would rather be cold than hot. I would definitely rather be hot than cold. Yes. At least, you you know, you came from Florida. So even though it's so, so hot with no air conditioning, at least you could, I feel you can deal with that over freezing cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Weren't you nervous to like send me away somewhere that I've never been? You couldn't contact me. Like, wasn't that scary? You, mom, you didn't even let me like sleep over friends' houses, let alone sleep in another country with tribe members that you have no idea what they're like. I was really nervous and I was really on the fence. Should I let you go? Or shouldn't I let you go? But I felt to myself, how can I let you not have this opportunity (laughs) and really appreciate what you do have in life. I mean, what an opportunity. You know, I just want to read this to the listeners, like what this show really is to get a better understanding of it. So my super sweet 16, you all know, is known to be like showing off spoiled rich kids birthday parties. Luckily, you know, my show air didn't really air like that. Thank God. Cause I feel like that's not me at all. I feel like I'm very appreciative for what I do have, but it is interesting that they put me on exiles. Anyways, it says ever wonder what would happen if spoiled sweet 16ers were exposed to life in the real world. Exile takes sweet 16ers and teach them the lessons of a lifetime. Will any of these girls be able to survive a week long exile in a remote location like the African desert or the Amazon and come out of it with a new appreciation for life? So basically they put us through kind of through hell, but made you have a huge wake-up call. And we're going to get into that in just a little bit. Um, but mom, you know, when they were doing this, they were taking, they were actually supposed to be taking like, I don't know, more spoiled. Like what made them decide to take me? I think because you were just very naive. Oh, you, lived in your own, <laughs> you lived in your own little bubble. You know, you had a, 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 a huge... <laughs> air conditioned home and you were pampered by me (laughs) and here you really had a fend for yourself and I think being as close as we are we couldn't speak at all that was my biggest fear is not being able to talk to you for the full week at all yeah and if you were having a problem how are you going to deal with it without discussing it with me you had to make these decisions on your own so I think they chose you to really have you grow up a lot, which I was really worried about you. I really, really was. And I wasn't sure if I was making the right decision Mm -hmm. to let you go. And (laughs) And to film it. My gosh, that could have been like, imagine if I like totally lost my temper. That would be like the worst blackmail ever. Like to have that on television. Like what we went through was crazy. All right, before we jump ahead though, let's continue. So I came home one day from a friend's house. You had to sit me down. First of all, everybody, I come home from a friend's house and there's literally cameras everywhere. And they tried really hard to make it as um, as like 
you don't know about it as possible. And all of a sudden there's literally cameras everywhere. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? I'm like, okay, this is kind of exciting. Like what's going on here? My mom tells me to come sit down on the couch and you look so nervous. I was <laughs> so, I really was so nervous because I wasn't sure if I was doing the right thing by you. I was nervous sending you so far away in this primitive place and I was I was very concerned if if this is the right move or not. Yeah. Well, oh yeah. So anyways, you tell me and I'm like, wait, are you serious? And I had actually seen the show before. So once you tell me like what's going on, I'm like, oh my gosh, I know what's happening. I'm going to live in this crazy place. I have to literally, it's the next day I'm taking off. So I have one day to pack, get my stuff together. I had nothing in preparation for this and I had to get everything together. It was literally insane. Were you excited when you heard that you were going to there, that you, you you know, what you was know your what? feelings I think inside? That's a great question. I was very mixed. I was excited because I'm like, wow, what an opportunity this is. But I was also very nervous. And I was also mad that you just didn't tell me about it, that you kept it such a secret. I know they made you promise and swear and sign contracts basically that you wouldn't tell me, but I'm still mad. I was like, why couldn't you tell me? Couldn't I prepare? Because I've had a keratin treatment before, you know, like get a spray tan, look a little better, you know? No, but like, I was like, white as a ghost, frizzy hair, but I mean, all natural, you know? Um, but I just kind of wanted to mentally prepare a little more, but at the same time, I was excited a little bit too, because gosh, like when else would I ever have an opportunity like this? And also something like to have this recorded was pretty cool. Maybe they felt if you knew ahead of time, you might decide not to go, but being so quick, you really couldn't think about it. You just had to make up your mind and go. Yeah. Also, you know, I was only 17 years old, so I wasn't an adult yet. I still had to do what you told me to do. Like if I said no, I still basically had to go, you know, Um, but it was right before college started and it was just, yeah, what an experience. Okay. So anyways, the next day I was literally off in a day. You took me to the airport. I remember saying goodbye. Oh, that was the worst feeling ever was saying goodbye. It was like so scary. And, you know, it's really hard for a mom because I made this decision for you to get this, take this experience. But what happens if it turns out a terrible experience and you, and you really like hate me for the rest of my life or blame me for it? What if it's not safe? Like you're going and living with a tribe and yes, there's producers kind of following you, but they're not with you 24 seven. There's not really any security. You don't know if the tribe is safe. Well, I felt that there would be security and I felt the producers have a responsibility of that. So honestly, if I felt it wasn't <laughs> safe, I don't think I would have let you yeah. Um, It was overall safe, but we're going to get into some secrets that happened in just a little bit of what actually went down. We'll wait a little longer until we get to that part. Um, but anyways, so off we went, off I went, excuse me, to Panama. And I remember just going there and being like, oh my God, this is happening. And I remember pulling out to the tribe and everyone spoke Spanish. And I did so bad in Spanish class. Like I took Spanish, but that was my worst class. And I regret that so much because I wish I spoke Spanish, but I didn't speak anything. I remember like saying, hola, como estas? And that was like all I knew. 
That was my biggest fear. How are you going to be able to communicate with them? But you know what? You do find a way. And they did speak a little English, very, very little, but you just kind of figure it out, I guess. Luckily, the producers, you know, they spoke English, but they really kind of let me do my thing and really tried to stay out of my way the whole time, which was hard too. But I remember meeting them. They paired me with this girl. Her name was Lisette. I also became pretty close with another girl named Maribel and they basically took me under their wing. And I remember pulling up there and they're showing me where I had to sleep. And I had to sleep in this, this hut with nails sticking up on a hard wooden floor with nails sticking up. And then I had to sleep with a net over my whole body oh, to that, prevent dengue fever. That was the scariest <laughs> thing. I was so afraid you were going to get bitten by one of the insects there because I know they have so many bugs. There is so many bugs. I remember having to like sleep with that and just so, so sweaty and hot. And like, remember you are being filmed. So part of you wants to look decent, but the other part of you is like, literally there's nowhere to shower. I had to wash my body in the river every day, wash my face. I'm like, great. I'm going to have so many pimples by the end of this. And I got to ask you, how did you go to the bathroom? (laughs) How did you make a number two? That's so funny. You know what? I don't even remember that. Isn't that the weirdest thing? I must have locked it out of my head, but I really don't remember how I went to the bathroom then. I so weird. Yeah, I don't remember that, which is so weird. I remember showering, like basically washing my body in the um in the river. All right, it's about that time in our podcast where we're gonna hit pause because we have something really exciting that we want to share with you. We wrote a book together. It's called A Bond That Lasts Forever. And basically it's how we got so close and how you can too. It goes over all of our life's ups and downs, all of our struggles and obstacles and how we overcame them and became as close as we are today. We added in a bunch of photos of us throughout our life so that you can really get the inside scoop. It shows me as a little girl, yeah, when she was younger, all the way up until today. It was so much fun, and honestly, we loved writing it, but we hope that you love reading it just as much, or hopefully even more. Anyways, you can pick it up on our website at abondatlastforever.com, or you can even just get it on Amazon or in Barnes & Nobles, wherever you get your books. Anyways, we hope you love our book. Now, let's get back to the podcast. But yeah, I remember having to wash myself in the river and... I remember I like would use so much mousse. I would go through like a bottle of mousse for my hair every day. Like I went through so much mousse for curly hair. And I remember going to the river to like wet my hair and I put the mousse on and <laughs> and I remember it was so hot. I had this little fan that I took with me everywhere, which made me look like such a little prissy girl, but it was so hot. <laughs> what you had in your suitcase was bottles of mousse for your hair. <laughs> I was showing the girls like, this is what I use. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was crazy. And Something that I really liked about it, though, it really made me connect with nature a lot. Like I had to, you know, you have to cut down trees to get plantains so that you can eat. And it was really hard. Like a lot of them, they they would raise their Lie, like their food, and then they would eat their food, and that so was what really did you hard do because me. you were already a, a vegetarian. I was a vegetarian, and they thought it wasn't nice. I remember when I had said, like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I don't eat chicken," and they're like, "Well, this is what you have to eat," and I was like, "No, I'm a vegetarian. I don't eat that." So I would literally live off of rice and plantains, wow. and that's all I ate for like seven days straight. Um, I do remember one night though, like I was really hungry because I literally was not eating anything except you actually packed me. I don't know if you remember this. You packed me like Doritos and like chips in my 
bags. Oh I did God, have, yes, I did have some like snacks that I would secretly eat off I camera. I can <laughs> doing that. They're probably like so some, worried yeah. about how you're going to eat. Yeah. And like some bars and off camera, I'd really, like shove it in my mouth. So I was like, oh my God, I can't do this. Um, and then one night it was raining really hard. So the fire wasn't working and they have a responsibility to me. So I remember I got to eat the cruise food one day and it was like pancakes, but it was so, it was like so good. I like scarfed it all down because it was not the tribe food, but it was like covered. There was like spiders everywhere, like on the plate. And I had to just like shoo the spider away. I was like, whatever, I'm still eating this. Um, but the plantains, I learned how to make the best plantains. They taught mm. me how to make such good food. I remember when you came home, you were making plantains yes. for me. And I make them for Jared. He loves the plantains. Um, but then I also had to go like spear fishing one day because they'd try to catch their fish and I'm a vegetarian. So I had to like purposely try to like miss the fish because I can't like ever kill an animal. And I felt so bad. But, but yeah, it was crazy. Something that I felt like was it was a very interesting experience and made me appreciate life so much. Was more. it as hard as they made it seem on television? It was really hard. And I think the hardest part was that they kept trying really hard to push me and push me and push me. And I really was giving it my all the whole time. For example, there was a time where we had to cut down a tree and turn it into a canoe so that we can have a canoe to go up and down the river. And I was working my butt off trying to like carve this canoe, but I had never used a machete before. I had never done any of that. So I'm trying and I'm trying and I'm pulling and trying to help them. And I'm not used to that lifestyle at all. I wasn't used to any of that, but they're telling me like, come on, share, push harder, work harder, work harder. And I was at my breaking point. So I'm like, I am doing the best that I can and none of it's being appreciated. No one's saying good job. Which, you know, like to that's them. That's what you hear from me. Yeah, all I hear the from time. you all the time. Positive yeah. reinforcement. Right. But they were not giving that. They're giving the opposite. And I'm like, I am working as hard as I can. Um, that was really tough because they're just like pushing you harder. But that's like the whole point of it is to really get you to push as hard as you can. And I remember they taught me you really need to work, like listen to your head and your heart because your head is going to tell you what to do, but your heart's going to tell you what's right and wrong. And you really got to listen to yourself. And it's going to get you through hard life situations. And that was something I really learned so from that experience. So interesting. So I want to ask you, out of all the things there, what was the hardest? The heat? Was it the food that you were so, always so starving because you were living on plantains? And was it the... Um, the lack of communication because you didn't speak the language was the language barrier. What was the hardest part of you look back? The hardest part, that's a great question. I think it was just, you know, how hard they were pushing me the whole time to do everything and um, just constantly pushing and pushing. And I wanted to do it. I wanted to learn and get there, but just seeing the lifestyle also, like it made me realize how lucky we are to live in America and like not have to have the struggles that they have, like just to get food, they have to cut down a whole tree to get plantains. And it's a whole day affair just to walk there and they don't have shoes and they're walking without shoes. And, you know, to go to school is such an amazing thing and they don't 
get to go to school to get clean water. It's like they don't have clean water. They have to boil, go to the river, grab some water, boil the water. It's like a whole process. And it made me realize like, gosh, we are so, so lucky. Did you get sick at all when you were there? Oh, thank goodness. No, I didn't get sick, which, yeah, I don't know how I didn't get sick. I think I literally just ate plantain. So, you know, they're boiled and in oil. Make sure it. the water was boiled enough to drink it. Obviously. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, it's a great question. But no, I don't think so. That would have been really hard. Thank goodness I didn't. But, um, you know, a question you asked you for is, was the language barrier difficult? And you know, it was hard, but I remember making friends, like there was a boy and this was the, okay. So on Exiled, you know, they say there's this great security and there was security always like sleeping outside of where I slept in the huts and everything. But you know, you're sleeping on the floor in a, like basically in a hut with all families there. I'm not the only one sleeping there. It was me. And then like Lisette and her parents and this like boy and his family and like all these families lived in this one little hut. And I was just one of the tribe members living in this hut, literally on hard wooden floor with a nail sticking up and like a tiny blanket. And that was it wow. for seven days. And so you do get close with the people around you. Um, and so I got close with this these two girls and then this one boy as well. And I remember one night, I don't know how this started, but I remember we were like up late and we were like talking and you can't talk so much because he speaks mostly Spanish. I speak right. mostly English, but somehow we formed this like connection and we ended, I remember he like kind of snuck into my, um, like net where I was sleeping that had that covered us from the dengue fever. And I remember we like kissed and stuff. We like kissed. And really? I remember we formed this like connection, which is crazy because we couldn't speak that much, but we did find a way to communicate. But it was so interesting that we, and we like had this like secret love affair, but in exiled, no one ever knew. The cameras didn't know. No one ever knew because we like kept it a secret. And so yeah, the producers never knew. And so I remember when the show finished, filming, I became really close with this one guy producer and I told him about it afterwards. He's like, what? Like, how did we not get that on TV? Um, but it just goes to show that you really never know. Like you trust this company to like really watch me, but you know, I mean, right. I literally had like a love affair, love fling with this tribe member. And it's really funny because the uh, girl, one of the women who started like the foundation to support the tribe was like an American woman who fell in love with a tribe member. Oh, and I was like, wow, well, that could be me, you know? But, right. <laughs> um, but I remember after I left Exiled, we actually kind of kept up because somehow he got a way to have Facebook. Like they would go into town every once in a while. And I think they would use like a library card and he had Facebooks every once in a while. We would like talk or he would find a way to call me when I was in college a few times. Um, but then that was really it. So was that so funny? That's yeah. unbelievable story. So was that your favorite part of being yeah. <laughs> No, I think my favorite part really was just learning that how lucky we are to live where we live and just to appreciate life in a whole new way. I really think so. I think at the very end of being on Exiled, there was this huge ceremony where I got like all these henna tattoos and I got basically initiated into the tribe and it was the most glorious feeling ever. And it was just amazing. And so after leaving there, I started college and I remember starting college. I went back home and I started college a few weeks later 
And I started college with my henna tattoo. What does the henna tattoo represent? Why do they do that? It's kind of just like their ceremony, just how you go through a ceremony when you become like a bat mitzvah and it's not with henna tattoos or Indian weddings get the henna tattoos. I don't really know, but that was part of it. And I literally had henna tattoos like head to toe. And I remember starting my first week of college with it covered all over me, but I was okay with that because it was a part of this amazing story that I had. Right. And it was like, I'm now an unbearable woman. I felt so strong and independent to go through something like that and just have this whole new take in life on life, you know? So that was pretty crazy. So it probably made it easier for you to begin college away because you already was away. Yeah. And it made me feel, I mean, I was away, I've been away from you before, like I've done sleepaway camp and things like but that, even but I've never had a camp, you may be with your friends or, you know, your brothers right. were at sleepaway camp. This, you were totally alone. I was totally alone. And it was a crazy, crazy experience. Like everything I had to do was so hard right. and so sweaty and so like, ugh. But also amazing at the same time. So yeah, it was crazy. I think a lot of people would judge the people who were on the show because I remember watching other shows, people on the show, and they're crying and they're acting all upset. But people watching it don't realize like how hard it was and how much they push you and push you and push you to that breaking point because they want you to learn to overcome it and kind of learn that appreciation for life, which I did have after that. Have you not had this experience? Did you think you would have entered college with a whole different attitude? You know, it's a great question. I feel like Exiled definitely did open my eyes to a lot of things. Like I knew life was hard outside of where I lived, but I think it just made me have this appreciation for life and just wanting to do more. I don't know how to explain it, but I also went in feeling like I learned to really listen to myself that I can really do it on my own and just like do life on my own. And it gave me this newfound independence. So yeah, I think that if I didn't do it, I don't know, I wouldn't, maybe I wouldn't be as grateful. I feel like I was grateful, but maybe I wouldn't have, you know, I don't know, just had this different appreciation for life that I did have after that. I think also, you know, you say, oh, some people live this way, some people live that way, but when you're actually living it and totally. seeing that people are actually living a whole different way than you do really shows you right on that it, it is so. It's so true. We are very, very lucky to like, you know, live in a place where you can just go to the store and, you know, get something if you need it. And you don't have to literally take mile up canoe, like, you know, take miles down the river to get there. And you can live with having a blanket and have clothes and, you know, you can go to school and you can have clean water. Like we're very lucky and you're right. You don't realize that until you actually go through it. Like you can say, yeah, we're lucky, but to actually experience it, it's a whole different, totally different, totally different. So then I like started college and I'm like going to sorority parties and still in the back of my head, I'm thinking about like, you know, back in Panama, things were different. And, you know, I really want to go back there, mom. Like I'm dying to go back there and to see these people again. And just, you know, I don't know, like I'd love to help and change things. And it just, 
you know, I would love to do that one day. So I don't know. It's on my bucket list <laughs> to figure out a way, but it was a wonderful experience. And I was a little mad at first for you to like, you know, put me through this, but I'm also now very grateful because it was such an eye-opening experience. It really was. Well, I'm glad you feel that way because, you know, as a mother, you always hope to make the right decision by your child. So totally. I'm glad you feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. What an experience. Anyways, thank you all for listening to this episode. If you have more questions, you want to learn more about exiles, go ahead, shoot me a DM um, on Instagram or yeah, let us know on our website at chattermouthpodcast.com. It has been so much fun chatting all about exiles. Y'all, this is our last episode of the season. We're going to be coming back with season two with so many crazy stories coming your way. But I thought, what better way to end the season with an exile? Because we are now exiles off. (laughs) My note to everyone is if you have an opportunity in life and you're not sure, take it, try it. Why not? Yes. So true, mom. Life is all about creating memories. Go after your dreams. I am so thankful for all of you Chattermouths for this amazing, amazing, you know, past season. And I cannot wait for season two. We literally have so much in store for all of you. So stay tuned. And we'll keep on chatting. That's right, Chattermouths. We'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Chattermouth podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, then you'll love our book. It's called A Bond That Lasts Forever, and you'll get an inside look into my life growing up. All our ups and downs that we encountered and how we got through them and became closer from it. We hope you love reading it as much as we loved writing it for you. And if you have any questions for us, visit chattermouthpodcast.com or send us a DM on Instagram. We love connecting with our listeners. In fact, if you tag us on Instagram listening to our podcast, we promise to reshare. And if you screenshot and send us your review, we'll send you back a surprise, and it's very special. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and join the Chattermouth community. And if you like this podcast, please give us a five-star review. It means the world to us. And don't forget to tell all your friends. <laughs> Bye, Chattermouths. We'll chat more later.